unless Starbucks has a life-saving serum, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Some could argue they do. What are, if you need caffeine, drink a Coke. Have a Coke and a smile. It could be. Like, if, 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 if you need caffeine, <laughs> that that I will drink. <laughs> I will the buy. pinkity drinkity. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, this is the Hits 96 Podcast. Gino D here with you, joined by Natalie and DJ Kevin Hayes. Once again, back in your back in your ears. Thanks for listening to Hey What's Up Hello. It's brought to you by Journey Hemp. And we have to, uh, of course, thank them for sponsoring us, but they have some exciting news. They have a brand new location. That yes, sir. Yes, this is called Journey on the River. So Journey Hemp on the River now. It's their second store. It's actually an old-fashioned general store and dispensary, and it's located right on the corner of Fraser Ave and Walnut Street Bridge. Open seven days a week, and people will be able to go check out everything they have to offer and more, really, because they have a host of local delights. Like RC Cola, Moon Pies, everything from um, ice cream to Dippin' Dots and more. So yeah. that's really cool. They give you the, the Journey Hemp, and then you're going to want a snack. So Get all this those, is local, snacks. those local <laughs> staples when it comes to the snacks. Coca-Colas. Because Moon Pies is a big thing here, moon right? Pies, yes, yeah, it's it is. Made here. That was like all the thing when I remember moving here. Mm-hmm. Moon Pies were everywhere. RC Cola is a big deal. And then, of course, uh, Mayfield Ice Cream and more. Hey, we have to say, we I did not tell you that we were going to do this on the podcast because I wanted your um, genuine oh, gosh. Uh, uh, expression. Yes. We have to say congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. You won yes. a big award <laughs> and we never talked about it on the podcast. It's true, yeah, because we, we didn't record. Because we don't talk about you now. Congratulations. Tell everyone thank what you, you won. Yes, uh, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, I got the best local personality for a small market. In the state of Tennessee, oh. Chattanooga, even though it's big in our hearts, is considered small market. So um, that's the, uh, the differentiation they do between the cities. So best local personality ended up taking that one home. So that Way was, to go, uh, very Gino. Impressive. Congratulations, my thank guy. You, thank you. It was a really cool thing. Um, we actually get to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Savannah was able to go with me, and we were able to uh, spend the night in the city and just kind of enjoy everything that Nashville has to offer. It's also my first time in Nashville. Oh! Really? So okay. Ever, so that was kind of a cool experience. Yeah. So we walked, of course, what is it, Broad Street right yep. there? Yeah, Broadway. That, yeah. Broadway that goes on. We check out a bunch of different local restaurants, and as Kevin mentioned, I remember the last time we talked about Nashville, you were like, there's somebody playing music in every mm-hmm. single spot. Mm-hmm. And that was 100% true. There was all types of music going on. And then, yeah, the Hall of Fame and, and everything else. So it was really a fantastic time. John Oates from Hall & Oates. Oh. Half of Hall & Oates performed at the uh, the award show, That's which was cool. pretty uh, spectacular. And then again, just to meet a bunch of different local broadcasters from the state of Tennessee and just to meet everyone. And yeah, it was really a great experience. And yeah, to take home a trophy, even better. Congrats. That's what's up, man. Congrats Good again. Job. We are very Thank happy for you. you. I know we give Gino a hard time from time to time, <laughs> but I will say that we are a team and we are very happy for yep, you. So absolutely. congratulations, and, and, and man. And a win my column is a win for everybody. I can't, can't do it without you guys. And, uh, of course, Hits 96 and the team behind the scenes and just making everything happen uh, with the guests and all that we bring on. It's, it's a really a full team effort. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, quite the honor. So thank you, Natalie. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that for sure. Now, Kevin, you on this episode in particular, you wanted to talk about traveling 
with your significant other because it was a story that went viral or something? Yeah, I was on Instagram as usual. And there was this, I don't know if it was like a daily show, kind of like the daily refresh. Mm -hmm. But the hosts were talking about, there's a story going on across social media. And it was a guy and his wife were going to fly to go see the the husband's daughter from a previous relationship. And while they were getting ready to get on the flight, the wife decided she wanted Starbucks and wanted to, and they had 15 minutes before they boarded. And the, the Starbucks was in another terminal. So if you've ever been to a big airport, those terminals are, or the gates are so far away sure. from each other. So what ended up happening was she went to go get Starbucks. Well, when she came, by the time she got there and made her way back, the plane was getting ready to leave and the husband had to make a decision whether to stay and wait for his wife and miss a flight or get on a flight and go see his daughter. He chose to go see his daughter. Got and on it, the flight. Yeah. Now, <laughs> but here's the other part of that story that people that I was waiting for Natalie's reaction. I'm just taking it all in for right, <laughs> right so, now. So here's the other part of the story. Apparently, this wasn't the first flight that they had missed because they had missed an earlier flight to go see his daughter. So this was the second flight they could have potentially missed because of the wife. Wow. And so the question was, was the guy wrong for leaving his wife to go see his daughter because she had to have a Starbucks fix? Right. So I open the floor to you guys. Y'all already know what I'm going to say. Y'all already know. <laughs> well, tell us. Devin then. knows. I'm going to let y'all go first. Well, I guess the interesting part about it now, they missed the first flight because of something that the wife did, right? Yeah. That's been confirmed. Okay. So I wonder, did he call her a bunch of times mm-hmm. or did they talk about this before? Because I guess that's what I would have said if I was in his shoes and I re- really needed to get this next flight because I'm going to miss my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I need to be there. Yeah. So if you're Starbucks... Is that important? Then you can go, but I'm getting on this flight with or without you. I don't know if that discussion actually took place or did she expect him to wait. Now, if that discussion didn't happen, I don't think I would have got on that plane. I think I would have been upset, very upset with her, but I wouldn't have just left her at the airport. Shoot. <laughs> if that conversation already happened. Now, if there was something else that went down first, if you know, he, you know, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then before she went to go get the Starbucks, I would have told her, I'm going on that plane, and if you don't get back, I'll see you when when you get into the city, but mm-hmm. I'm not waiting for you. I think I would have just made that point clear before I did that. He's wrong. The man's wrong. Why? Yeah, ultimately, Period. I think he is wrong. I don't Ultimate, think so. Ultimately, I don't Ab- think you're supposed to go not. on that flight without your partner. No. A- absolutely not. I don't think he's wrong. I think she's r- more wrong. No. because she, or, She's or, not wrong? She's not no. wrong? Mm-hmm. She should have never got that going to get that coffee. Why? Because if you got a flight, if you if your flight leaves in fifteen <laughs> minutes, mm-hmm. that's different. If it's like thirty, forty-five, of hours. but fifteen minutes. If you've ever been in a big airport like Atlanta, Nashville, yeah. heaven forbid, you're in Kennedy or LaGuardia, right? You know, those are some big airports, and anything can happen. The trams can go down, and it can be a nightmare trying to get back to where you need mm-hmm. to be. Now, if my flight leaves at one forty-five and it's one thirty, now all of a sudden you gotta have Starbucks. You gotta wait. I agree. You 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 you, you, you don't leave. I mean, especially if, if we're going to go see my daughter, who the first flight we missed because of something you did. Don't know what it was, mm-hmm. and we've already missed one flight. Now we're about to miss another one because you had to go get Starbucks. No, nah, man, I'm gonna tell you, like, if I'm leaving with or without you, that's what I've told her. I think like, that's the bottom line. If that we don't know if that conversation took place or not. As long matter. as that conversation took place. Even just gonna leave the person even, you're traveling with. Even <laughs> if the conversation didn't happen, you know that flight leaves in 15 minutes. To me, it makes no sense to leave 
the gate. Like, sure. if you got to run to the bathroom, that's one thing. If you got to go, you know, grab, you know, throw something away, that's another thing. But to go to Starbucks, which is not a necessity. No. There's coffee places all over the place. You don't have to have Starbucks. They serve coffee on the plane. Yeah. To me, to me, that was just selfish on, on her, part. her part. Absolutely. And so I don't feel bad that she got left. I really don't. No, I don't, I don't feel bad per se. I just don't know if, if that conversation wasn't had. Would I have left? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So she basically said, all right, 15-minute boarding time, blah, blah, blah. The announcement goes, and she goes, all right. So Devin says, all right, Kevin, I'm going to go get a coffee. I'm like, absolutely not. You're at least going to say, if you're going to go get a coffee, I'm leaving without you if you don't get back in time. Mm -hmm. If that conversation's had, then I think he's free and clear. I have told my wife, and and I've been very clear about this. Are you sure this is not a story about you? No, I'm sure. (laughs) I don't have any kids. Devin, I don't know. You could have changed the story a little bit. I know, know, seriously. No, I did not. I... Me and Devin, when our first flight together, we went on, we went on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we're flying out of Atlanta, so the flight left like at nine, and I, I'm a fan of I'm getting there two hours before for an international flight because I have I have two lit- hours yeah your international flight yeah I've told you you're supposed to get there pretty early right even for domestic and the reason why I do it because I really? literally showed up 45 minutes before a flight and wasn't allowed to get on the plane because mm-hmm. they locked me out it can happen so like I'm not letting it happen again. And so, and I've missed, I've missed two flights in my entire life, right? And for the most part, they've been real good about not, you know, raking me over the coals sure. for and rebooking fees. But I get there two hours early. I don't mind sitting there. I mean, I love sitting there. Like I, it, it doesn't you bother like me. Sitting in the airport, do people watch a little you bit. Freak? I mean, I'm not talking about hours on on end, but if it's only an hour or two, I don't mind. Yeah, oh, I, I'm how, so impatient. How soon do you want to get to the airport? How do you? Like, she wants forty walk, minutes. She wants to walk into the tarmac. Tarmac. Yeah, forty minutes. Yeah, but you just can't do that in a bigger city. You just can't. In well, Chattanooga. I fly out of Chattanooga, so you can. Well, yeah, yeah. In Chattanooga, Chattanooga, yeah. Chattanooga, yeah. There's, there's only like, four gates. For some reason, we're in this weird vortex of a world, and yeah. that, yeah, that's fine. Chattanooga Airport, you're silly to show up anything more than an hour because yeah. you literally are going to just waste your time. Mm-hmm. But for Atlanta or any other airport, I know Boston. Jeez, you just it would be you'd be stupid uh, to get there. That's Logan, home. right? Logan Airport. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy over there. So th- that's why I was like, you know, I told her we got to get there two hours early. And she was mad. I'm like, listen, I'm not missing this flight. So if you want to wait and I drive down, that's whatever you want to do. That's cool. Just know I'm getting on that plane. Yeah. I suggest you govern yourself accordingly. So then, and everybody's like, oh, that's, I'm like, no, like, no, if, if the conversations had beforehand, because we have to, because we didn't, because after we got married, you know, I we feel st- so bad though. No. Getting I'll, on the plane without mm-hmm. her. No. But, but again, if, if I tell you don't do something and then you do it and it causes a problem for us, I'm going to be mad at you. Like if I tell you don't do Accidents that, accidents happen. You could be you could be mad at her, but to, but, to but, leave but her behind. It, but if the it's whole, something, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But if it's something that's preventable, you don't need Starbucks that bad. There, there, sure. there is un- unless Starbucks has a life saving serum, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Some could argue they do. What are, if you need caffeine? Drink a coke. Have a coke and a smile. It could be. Like, if, 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 if if you need caffeine, <laughs> that, that I will drink. <laughs> I will the buy pinkity drinkity. <laughs> yeah, but I, like I said, so we got there, and she was like, "I can't believe." And honestly, I'm glad we did because when we got through security, sure. they moved our gate. So we went literally from one side of the airport to the other. Now, if we'd have came in on two wheels, no, trying because we parked them. Oh, yeah. We parked at the commuter lot, so now we got to wait for a bus. Like, that time starts to get eaten up real quick. I'm with you. So then, and then we're flying out on the weekend, so, like, that time is... 
I think two hours is a good minimum. Right. But she Devin literally wants to, because when she lived in Nashville, she literally lived 10 minutes from the airport. Yeah. So we got there. They moved the gate. No problem. Now, when we went to Canada a few months after that, I'm like, okay, we'll do it your way. Now, this I have no connection to this trip. I'm just going along because it's a business trip for her. Right. I said, all right, we can leave whenever you want to. But if we end up missing this flight, <laughs> that's on you. So if you want to take that risk, hey, if you want you want to get the four minutes beforehand? Cool. Whatever. I'm, I look. You're driving. This is not my problem. Right. So we made our flight and everything, but still, it's like <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it, but yeah, it's just yeah, like because yeah. I had the same argument with my my mom and sister. When we went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They're like, why are we going to the airport so early? I was like, because I, 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 y'all don't know what can happen. Exactly. And what happened when we got to Hawaii? All the computers went down at the airport. Even the computers at the rental center, mm. all of them were down. So what check-in should have been maybe 15 minutes took almost an hour 45. And while we were trying to check in, one of our bags were overweight and my mom couldn't find her ID. Oof. So thankfully some, so I had to go back to the rental car place. Car was already gone. Mm-hmm. Didn't have her license, but somehow my mom's license, by the grace of God, ended up in my sister's bag. So now I am rushing to get through security when I get to the plane, they're already shutting the doors. Sure. And when I run on the plane, my mom and sister are like, oh, you made it. After I call my brother said, nice, see why we get here two hours early? I never want to have this conversation <laughs> with you ever again about getting to the airport early. Are yeah, we clear? Have you ever missed a flight? No. No, see, I, I went the longest time not missing flights. And probably because I did show up, like I said, a minimum of two hours early. But I like to be there for a little bit. And I usually make it some type of, depending on the t- time, I would go for like a meal or something. Mm-hmm. So I'd get some lunch there and be able to hang out, whatever. But I did miss it. It's funny you brought up Hawaii. The first time I ever missed a flight was in Hawaii, and I'm the same way. I like to be there two hours minimum. And in Maui, at the time, there's the, there's this, um, it might still be there, I don't know, because of the fires and everything mm-hmm. else. It's so sad. But anyway, besides the point, <laughs> there was this shopping center that was next to the mall. This wasn't with Savannah. This was with, with my ex. And... She was her sister lived in Hawaii at the time, and they wanted to spend time together. And it was the last day, and we were there for like two weeks, and it was just you know it was kind mm-hmm. of a sad moment because they weren't going to see each other for a while. So I was trying to be nice, trying to let them have their time together as sisters. Mm-hmm. Let them. So the idea was, since it was right next to the airport, go to the shopping mall. They would do some shopping together, and mm-hmm. then we would go from the shopping mall to the airport, and we'd be done. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be uh, two hours is the minimum. She was just like, oh, no, let's push it one more hour, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. So now we're ge- finally leaving. We're finally leaving the shopping mall. The flight leaves in 45 minutes. Okay, so they pushed another hour and 15. So we're, we, we get to the airport. Now it's only a five-minute drive. So now you're like in the 40. It's like, the he- of course, you get in line, and like you said, computers are down. Computers are down. So we waited, and we waited, and we waited, and we're still waiting. And then finally, they, we get up to the desk. We're finally up to the desk, and the guy goes, oh, this flight's already already on its way. It's gone. You know, it's took off. It's over. <laughs> it's over. So we had to wait another eight hours. Nice. I would have lost my mind. Eight hours until we got on the next flight. We So we ended up calling her sister back. She wrapped back around and picked us up from the airport, and we went back to go back to the flipping mall. <laughs> <laughs> she was like... Almost, excited. Ex- almost excited about it. At the same time, I could tell that like, her sister. We were there with two weeks, living with her for two weeks. You mm-hmm. could just tell that they were over it. Her yeah. and her boyfriend. Yeah, you know, you can only have a house guest for so long. I'm sure they were so happy of to like get rid of the house guest, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, we're still here for another eight hours. <laughs> Let's go out again. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that was the only time I ever missed a flight, and that was it. Anything can happen. You never, you, you can't rely. I on it. would have 
I would have I went ballistic. <laughs> I, I was I, not happy. I was not I, I know, because The whole trip is, was a nightmare for me anyway. If it's something anyway, preventable, <laughs> like I'm all for like if, if it's something preventable and it's still and, and like you're the reason, oh, I'm, I'm steaming. Oh, it's, it's on. And that's what it was. She but, just wanted to shop with her sister a little bit longer. And especially if it's something that was not essential. Yeah. Like it'd be different if, you know, somebody's in the hospital, different conversation. Right. But if it's like, y'all want to go to the Gap? Man, if you don't get on the get on, let's go. And then other than that, only missing flights was only because like uh, you know weather delays or something like that, and but, that doesn't count. Yeah, you can't control that. Right. Like you That's know, it's like I've I've had it happen to me. Of course, that was like I would never leave. You better not leave me. I'm like, shoot, man. Shoot. When you travel, you say you travel mostly out of Chattanooga Airport, but uh-huh. even coming back, you still get there only what 45 minutes before. It's usually whatever. Jake wants honestly. I'm so lucky to have sure. him because well, I, he takes care of literally everything. All the I don't pre-check stuff. Pre-checks. Yeah. TSA got me through quick. I got mm-hmm. my passport because of him. He got me that for Christmas last year. Um, and he just he's just he travels a lot for work anyway, yeah. so he knows how to travel. He's smart. So Savannah is too. Savannah, she she gets there a half hour before because yeah. she's like, oh, I'll just get through because yeah. she has all the TSA pre-check, golden mm-hmm. check, clear, whatever they call it. Yeah. She just walks in and like, oh, hi, Savannah. Like, yeah. you know who she is. <laughs> so she goes real quick. But yeah, I was like, we got to get there two hours before. She's like, two hours? Yeah. Like in Chattanooga is different because I don't live far from the airport either. So it's like, it doesn't. It no, Chattanooga is different. I, I meant when we yeah, were in Atlanta. Yeah, but when Atlanta's like, because Atlanta's the busiest airport in the, in the world. world. Really? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know More that. So it's busier than Kennedy, LaGuardia, O'Hare, Logan, huh. LAX. I had no idea. So, mm-hmm. I'm San Francisco. I mean, it, yeah, it's like by volume, it's like number one. <laughs> and I think this next one's not even in America. I think it's like in um, Frankfurt. Yeah, I remember. Something about size, too. It's like a bunch of different factors that weigh into it. But yeah, uh, Atlanta is one of the busiest, if not the busiest. Yeah, and last year it was the busiest. So I was Crazy. like, you know, when you deal with that many people, and that many logistical issues happening all at once, it doesn't take much to take that fine-tuned machine and to mess it up. Sure. So that's why I was like, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been in airports where I've been stuck on the tarmac because of a security breach. That sucks. They ground everything at, at that point. It's like you're just sitting there like, well. I think last year, I think I told the story on the podcast, who was coming home from Christmas in Atlanta. They got us all on the plane. It was that last flight out from Atlanta to Chattanooga. We were ready to go. We waited. It was delayed. All kinds of weather stuff. Remember, we had really bad weather last Christmas. Oh, yeah. And they got us on the plane. We're boarded. We're ready to go. They did start doing the taxiing thing when they're driving around. And then all of a sudden, the pilot comes on. It was like taking way too long. It's like something's up. Something's up. Everybody's kind of like talking in between. And then the pilot goes on. The FAA will not allow me to fly since I have timed out as a pilot. They're only allowed to do so mm-hmm. many hours in a time. And he has timed out. He said, I have to bring you back in. So he brought us back to the airport. And then that was the last flight out. So I spent the night at the Atlanta airport because of that. That was the most frustrating thing ever. <laughs> I, you know, I remember that. I told the whole story. And it was just the whole thing. And then I tried to get a, um, not an Uber back, but the groom transportation. Yeah. And then that, they didn't start till 5 a.m. And it was like probably like 11 o'clock midnight at this point. So the first one wasn't out till 5. And then I ended up not, because everybody was waiting for it. I wait till like 6 a.m. for the second one to come around. Mm. Oh, God, that was a nightmare. Did you but just anyway, stay there? I stayed at the airport. Oh. And I just found a place on the floor and Curled lay up. down and put my jacket and whatever I had on me you to kind of just. I always feel so bad for those people that oh, are in the airport brutal. and they're like, 
they just look so miserable it's and never, so sad. It's never happened to me before until that time. So I've always kind of felt the same way. It's like, oh man, I wish I'm never in that position. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in that position. Happened to me one time. Gosh, it's brutal. It's it is brutal. brutal. And every, craziest thing was like doing the people watching because it's everybody's up awake and walking around the whole time. I mean, for the most part, that's still in the airport. And they actually have security, and their sole purpose is just to go through and make sure that the homeless people don't crash inside mm-hmm. with the rest of the travelers. Yeah. Because they're just looking for a Christmas warm time. Spot. Warm spot. Warm spot. So they come into the airport, and they have bags of luggage, and usually you can tell, but they're just trying to get in with everybody else so they can get warm. And then the security, and then as I heard some guys over-talking, is like, yeah, it's our sole purpose is just to be here so they don't come in and sleep. Mm. But, but again, things happen at the airport, so... I don't know if the guy was right necessarily <laughs> to leave his wife, but I, if that conversation was had, I think they should have. That should have been said. She should have known better anyway. How could she, after miss, making him miss his first flight, then now you're going to say, "Okay, you got 15 minutes. I'm going to go get some Starbucks." This is inconsiderate. Like you deserve I think it. So, I think there's something more to the story here. Maybe Probably. she didn't want to celebrate the daughter. Mm. Well, I mean, but still, like that, that, that's that man's <laughs> daughter. But let me ask you this: So, so traveling with your significant other, we've all traveled with our lovely better halves mm-hmm. like what are like what are like some funny stories or like oh i got a good one. Oh, go ahead go for okay it. so you know last month i was in key west yeah and there was um hurricane idalia mm-hmm. that hit us while we were there so we the day that it hit there's nothing to do so we decided let's get in the golf cart and like go down to the ocean and so we did that. It was raining, and there was this – the ocean's very close to the road there. Um, and so we're driving along the ocean while it's raining, getting hit by ocean waves because the waves were so crazy. Our golf cart died in the middle oh, of the road God. in a hurricane. <laughs> Jake had to push it to a parking lot, and, yeah, it, we – Love that story just because it was such an adventure. <laughs> like, what? We got stuck in a hurricane. Soaked from head to toe. Soaked from head to toe. Like, we went home and took a nap after that. But <laughs> you would need to at that point yeah. and, and eat some chicken soup. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun, though. I love that story. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's been a couple. I've only done some small. Tr- well, I went to Mexico with Savannah and a couple friends, and that was probably our biggest trip together as a couple in the last you know year that we've been together. But there was no other, like real wild stories. Like I said, Savannah's very well traveled, so she's she gets it. She kind of just goes for it. And something about Savannah is that if I'm having a moment, she's very supportive of of, of that. And like I don't know, she just has a way about her that just makes everything better, everything okay. So <laughs> I, I probably gave her more problems than she gave me. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, I mean, we had some good good times. I mean, there was a little discussion about like getting ready and getting to an airport within time because she's so used to the TSA because she travels a lot for work too. So. She got all that pre-check stuff out of the way, so she wants to get there, you know, as soon as she has to. And get going, yeah. She actually told us, we were talking about that, and her parents have been together for 30-plus years now. They, when they travel together, they get to the airport when they want to get to the airport separately. They'll either hmm. do Ubers or they'll t- one will take a car or whatever. They use, very rarely do they actually travel to the airport together because one is one way and the other is the other, and they know that about each other. Mm-hmm. So they come up with a time. Our flight leaves at 4 o'clock, say, you get there however you want to get there. I'll get there when I get there, and we'll we'll be there together. Mm-hmm. So, and usually her dad is kind of like I guess on Kevin and I's page, getting there a little bit early. He'd rather be settled and ready to go. Where uh, her mom 
would rather show up as soon as she can. And mm-hmm. she, I got work to do, got yeah. things to do. Yeah. I don't, I can't sit around the airport. Yeah. What? <laughs> so it's all preference, I guess. But I mean, you just make it work. Yeah. Traveling with your significant other. Like we do a lot of driving, like because like we go down to like Gulf Shores or you know somewhere that within driving distance. We don't want to go too many places where we have to fly. So you well, even even driving, Devin has like a four hour rule. Oh no, right? she's got it's like no more than <laughs> it's like seven eight hours is, is the max. She, that's what she was saying. Yeah, yeah. So but when we flew to Jamaica on the way to Jamaica, it's only a three and a half hour flight, and it ended up being like seven hours because we got they turned the plane around when we got to Cuba, and so she was about to lose her mind because she's stuck on the plane. She's stuck on the plane, and then we sat on the tarmac for like forty five minutes, and then we had to hop back on. You know, they wouldn't let us off, and then we flew back to Jamaica or flew to Jamaica. On Fort Lauderdale, which is you know ninety another another ninety minutes on the plane. So yeah. when it all said and done, like seven hours of just sitting on the plane. Gosh. But when we drive, it's usually not a problem because usually it's like I only have a few rules: make sure my snacks are good, which she does. <laughs> if you need to go stop or go to the bathroom, let me know. And we'll stop. And otherwise, I'm gonna just keep driving. Now she will criticize my driving. Is she a passenger princess? You oh know yeah. That is. She, like <laughs> that's how I, I am. I told y'all like when Devin drives, like it's. She will get, she's not as bad as she used to be, but I'm talking about, like, I mean, so close, like, baby, do you want to fix the rearview mirror? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Can you, like, back up just a little bit? She's like, well, you're not doing the speed limit. Baby, see that, those two cars in front of me? That car in front of the car in front of me is braking, so I'm probably going to have to brake, and I don't want to be up in somebody's bumper. I I, I don't. But if, if that's what you want, hey. Do not cool. criticize that woman's driving. She's a perfect angel. That's right. You drive with her. <laughs> no, no, what no. Is, what is it? So I've heard dri- um, passenger taxi princess? driver, but what's oh. a passenger princess? A uh, passenger princess Sassy. is. Sassy driver. Um, no, it's just when you make yourself super comfortable, like when you're traveling, mm-hmm. like I always bring a blanket and a pillow and snacks and all my electronics and headphones. So you and you just get the luxury of taking a being ride. a passenger princess. Now, the one thing I will say, I, right. there's no feet on my dashboard while we're driving. No, that's just gross and dangerous. Yes. Because you can have your femur in your pelvis. Yes, you can, and that is not a cute X-ray. When I went back up, when I went up north earlier this year, it was back in May. The eight-hour ride that it was supposed to take from Richmond, Virginia, to get to New Hampshire turned into a thirteen-hour ride mm. in traffic, mm. and that was brutal. But really, looking back, Savannah and I really got along most of the ride. I mean, there really was no issues. I drive slower than she does. So she'll give me criticism about that sometimes. She thinks I and I merge a little late for her liking. Mm-hmm. Makes her nervous the way I merge. But other than that, Dev is like, why leave so much so much space when you know the car? Because after being rear-ended myself, yeah, and my dad was a truck driver, gunshot. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to be too close to people. So it's like, to be, every ten miles an hour that you're traveling, you're supposed to be that amount of cars behind. So if you're going ten miles an hour, you should be one car behind. If you're going twenty miles an hour, it's two cars, and so on and so forth. That's how you're supposed to do it. That obviously doesn't happen, but that's that's remember at least in New Hampshire that was like the driving. Well, I mean, school that, I mean that's simple physics, and like I try to pace. So like, one way to know I remember this from <laughs> to driver's ed, if you look at a point in the road and encounter three, like thousand one, thousand mm-hmm. two, thousand. If you get to that point before thousand two, you're following too close. Yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, let me just stay so back. But probably about the same. To, yeah, for it's, the car it's, length. It's, I mean. it's probably the same thing when you do the physics for it. But yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> Oh my but overall, goodness. you know, it's it's been fun traveling with Devin. Just sometimes, yeah. like when we get to when it, when it comes to flying, I'm like, 
I'll just I guess that's there. what you can look for in a significant other if you're out there looking. Somebody that you can travel with is probably a good I, idea. That's so funny you say that because my dad, when I got back from Key West, his sister lived there. So I was telling him all about, you know, Key West because, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, how did you and Jake travel together? Now, we've been together for like 13, 14 months. Um, and we've traveled many a times yeah. for longer even. And um, he was like, I was uh, dating this girl one time and we would go on like short day trips and that was fine. But if it was like more than three or four days, then um, then I was just like so excited to to get home, to get away from her. So he was like, that's how I knew it wasn't right. And he was asking me about, you know, how our trip went mm-hmm. being together for sure. seven days. And yeah. it was amazing. I loved it. And that's what they say. They say that is a good test. If, you can, if you're trying to go to the next level, perhaps in a relationship, something yeah. that you're just dating, travel with them a little bit. Spend a whole mm. weekend. See them for 24 hours a day. Yeah, so great. I little, love it. Little, but yeah, uh, <laughs> if it's bad, then then you know, maybe yeah. maybe go a different direction. Right, right. Rule of thumb. Yeah. I traveled so much this year. I wrote it down. February, I was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. April, I was in Knoxville. June, I was in St. Augustine, Florida. July, I was in Arkansas. August, I was in Destin and Key West. And then in November, we have a cruise coming up. Okay. And th- no, those were all with Jacob? No, only one of them was not. That was to Arkansas. And that was the first time I traveled by myself ever. Oh, that wasn't a Jacob. I remember you saying you traveled by yourself the yeah. first time. That wasn't a Jacob trip, though. That was no, it wasn't a Jacob trip. But oh. I traveled to Arkansas by myself to visit my sister and. It was a learning experience for sure. And I'm glad I traveled with him before I traveled alone because mm-hmm. he's, he, I would, I would have been lost. Yeah. I would have been lost in yeah. that airport without took, him. It takes some time to get used to the whole travel thing. If you don't do it often enough, it's, it is a lot. It's mm-hmm. a, it can be a lot. And I didn't, was never well traveled until I moved to California by myself years ago. Uh, when I graduated college, I went to California, and then the back and forth that I'd used to do, I used to go back twice a year, much like I do when I'm when I'm here now, and that traveling back and forth by myself really kind of mm-hmm. taught me the ways, mm-hmm. if you will. But I don't mind traveling by myself. Did you like it? Um, I liked like just because I had lots of time in between flights because mm-hmm. you have to travel from here to like Atlanta right. and then to Trying Arkansas, to and so um. I didn't necessarily like being like feeling like a fish out of water, but once I got past that, it wasn't that bad. And I actually enjoyed the trip coming home because I got to like sit in the bar and drink, drink and eat whatever I wanted. I got to pick the restaurant. So it was cool. I liked it. I I enjoy traveling alone. Like I said, the downtime is the probably the the worst. The worst, because yeah. you have no one to really kind of chat with mm-hmm. or just doesn't eat up that time. So mm-hmm. bring a book or watch your phone watch or your whatever. Phone. I, that's all I did was but watch my phone, and I was so sick of it. Traveling alone. Okay, let's try your snack. You, you want, want to? Try to? Snack? Yeah, let's try the snack, and then we can talk about Moon River real quick. So Dole, Dole Sunshine Foods, they're known for Dole Whip and different type of snacks or whatever. They've come up with this alternative to chips, basically. Okay. They're called Good Crunch, and they want us to, when they try these, to really crunch into the mic. It's supposed to have a really nice crunch to it. Okay. And um, there's Banana Bites is the flavor. They also have Pineapple Bites, and then there's Pineapple Bites with Chili, which is supposed to be a little bit of a spicier thing. Oh, no, no. And the... They're really delicious. I've already tried them, but we'll try them again here. But I wanted you guys to give them a whirl and uh, see them. They're in a store near you now. Again, Dole Sunshine. They're called Good Crunch. There you go. Kevin going in on what was the pineapple? Mmm. Is it good? Pretty good. I'm going to try the pineapple. All right. 
Mm. That's really good. Oh, really good. yeah. And then I get the banana here. Very banana. I love the pineapple, but the banana is my favorite. I don't know if you want to try it or not. Really? Banana personally is my favorite, but the, the the chili one. I mean, it's very it's a very unique um flavor or taste of like something sweet and a little spicy. Very yeah. good. But very it's not good. but it's not like a spicy. Some people might get a little scared. It's not a spicy. No, it's not spicy at all. Afraid of. Like on a scale of one, it seems like a, it's like <clears throat> like a one. Kind of just adds that flavor, that little twist of flavor for it. Yeah, these kind of taste like <clears throat> banana baby food, you know. Well, they are banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Bananas. They, they nailed the banana part. Mm-hmm. These are so good. So I'm this is supposed to, give to be like a healthier alternative than your chips or something Candy, of that nature. Really? Candy could be anything. I, I could eat that every day. And it's supposed to be, yeah, no sugars and non-GMO and all the stuff that people say about all the things. So certainly something to look into. That's Dole Good Crunch. And you can follow us on TikTok for your full review. Yes, I get a full review. That was the first time I ever tried them. I posted that on TikTok. Um, and I'll do it on the afternoon show later today as well. So. Oh, it doesn't matter. Moon River Music Festival. Before we get into a big announcement, by the way, coming up for Grave Diggers Ball. Second annual is on the way. We're going to give all the details right at the end of the show. But before we get to our second annual Grave Diggers Ball, let's talk about Moon River real quick before we get to the interviews that I was able to do throughout the week. Uh, I know we all went to Moon River mm-hmm. in one way or another. So how did we enjoy Moon River for 2023? I loved it. I think um, something that was really special <clears throat> was that they had a sober area so like for people who love music want to go to festivals but don't want to partake in anything i love that they did that that Mm -hmm. was so cool i thought that was a really cool section too i enjoyed it for a couple reasons one my wife is a huge fan of johnny swims we got to meet them at fraser five and dom that was awesome so i'll have the interview up here in a bit but um she was just over the moon. I, I don't excited. think I've ever seen Devin so happy. <laughs> in, in all honesty, she was just smiling she, ear to ear. She wasn't that happy when I proposed. <laughs> I mean, she was happy. I'm like, dang, bro. <laughs> yeah, but she was more happy to see Johnny swim. But yeah, she really was. And then um, we came back later that evening for them uh, for, was it Goodbye Road? Goodbye Road, yeah. Yeah. It was Johnny Swim and Drew Holcomb. Uh, yeah, we, we came back for that and we watched majority of their show. And that's what she really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And then she wanted to see a little bit of Marcus King, and then we left. But overall, like, it's a very nice festival. It did suck that, like, r- weather, again, played a role. Yeah. But thankfully, Saturday. this time, it wasn't nearly as bad as last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, I know that you and Jacob were there in the beginning. When did you end up going? Because I know you went to bootleg and something else, right? Uh, Yeah. So Saturday, I was there in the early afternoon. I saw my niece. She flew in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we left and went to the bootleg festival Saturday afternoon. And Which then was awesome. It was yeah, amazing. Was cool. Really, really good. Sunday, I went to the market and then to Moon River in the you afternoon. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. any favorite performances that you watched? Um, I love Take It On Back by uh, Judah and the Lion. Judah and the Lion. I was going to be oh, my oh, answer. Oh, Judah man. And the, I knew nothing about Judah and the Lion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they just escaped my radar, but I didn't know anything about them. may have heard of them, but that was pretty much it. I loved their set from start to finish. Mm-hmm. That They're whole really good. entire show. What a fun band to mm-hmm. watch. That guy, Judah, obviously the lead singer, was just incredibly captivating. Just something about him. Remember, mm-hmm. he put his shirt over his head, and he's mm-hmm. dancing like a fool, and mm-hmm. he's on the floor. And He has a unique performance very style. Very unique performance style. His voice is unique. Mm-hmm. The whole style, everything, I gave them an A+. plus. That was my – I mean, H- Hosier did take the night away. It was a wonderful close to the festival, but Jude and Lion, I think, stole the show, at least for me, in my, my, my takes. four-year-old 
old nanny kid showed me that song and he didn't know it was who it was by whatever he was like we were playing songs in my car and he said play take it on back and i was like i don't know take it all back and i played it and ever since then i've just loved judah and the lion i think i heard this song probably about four or five years ago Mm -hmm. yeah it was like you know how like it was their closing song yeah it's it's their hit i mean you know that you know the cd or now that's what i call music Mm -hmm. but they were featured like at the end, like the last couple of tracks are like up and coming artists. Yeah, they were that song track. was yeah. on there. I'm like, yo, and of course we play them on Alt 987, but yep. that's one of my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very great good. band. So if you haven't seen anything with Jude in the line, make sure you go and, uh, and check that out. And then. Uh, did you stay for the Hosier performance? A uh, little bit of it, but yeah. I have to get up very, very early, right. so I had to. I know go Sunday ahead. night killed us too. Savannah and I ended up leaving I'm halfway still through his set because of that reason. Napping every day, yeah. trying <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> um, Drew Holcomb, who is the founder of Moon River uh, Music Festival, one of the founders, I should say, he actually crowned Hosier with the best performance in Moon River history. Mm. That's including himself and numerous wonderful acts that have gone through. They've been some great shows, but he thinks Hosier did the best performance in Moon River history. Well, good is, for that's him. That's a big statement yeah. from, from the guy who created the festival. Yeah. So Can't wait till next year. It was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. And I was able to sit down with Hosier. I was able to sit down with Noah Cyrus at the festival, which was so much fun to meet them backstage. We had like quick little five minute interviews, which is posted up on our Instagram at Hits96 Radio, as well as our Facebook page. And then I... Throughout the week, I was airing my Zoom interviews that I was able to do with Wilder Woods, which is actually Bear Reinhardt. That's his solo project, but he's also the lead singer of Need to Breathe, which ended up being the headliner for <laughs> Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. So that was cool. And then, of course, I talked to Houndmouth. I talked to uh, Flip Turn. And, and oh, you got to talk to Flip Turn? Flip Turn. I interviewed Flip Turn. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the, the only the reason my niece came into town was for them. What a very cool band. Mm-hmm. Super young. Those guys yeah. are only like their mid-20s. Yeah. I mean, they're really young and just, they only have one album out, but they're really pushing it. And uh, hopefully some big things will come. But um, yeah, what a great lineup. So hats off to Moon River. Of course, we want to thank Frazier Five and Dime for yes. hosting our pre-show party so we could actually have Johnny Swim come in. Kevin did an interview with them. It was just great. So we're going to transition. We'll take a quick break. Here from our uh, sponsor, Journey Hemp, of course. Remember, they have a new location now, Journey on the River. It's their second store. Make sure you go check them out. That's at the corner of Fraser Ave and Walnut Street Bridge, right there where we were yeah. for Moon River. And then we'll go into my interviews, and then we come back with all the details about Grave Diggers Ball. Woo! Second annual. Coming up next. Journey Hemp, located on Tennessee Avenue in St. Elmo, offers a wide range of high-quality, 50-state legal products. They have everything from tinctures and hemp flour to vaping products and edibles. They also have a delicious selection of gummies, brownies, infused slushies, and infused drinks. And if you're in need of smoking accessories, they've got you covered with a full line of options. However, it's not just the products that make Journey Hemp special. Their staff is incredibly knowledgeable and friendly, ensuring that you have a great experience every time you visit. Plus, they're open seven days a week, so you can stop by whenever it's convenient for you. They even have a loyalty program to reward you for your continued support. Journey Hemp is in a great location that's easily accessible. 3908 Tennessee Avenue in St. Elmo. You can also learn more at journey-hemp.com. Don't wait. Your journey to wellness and relaxation starts at Journey Hemp. Hits 96, Gino D here with you, and I am joined by Matt Myers of Houndmouth. Matt, how are we doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. We are super excited about September 9th coming up. It's the Moon River Festival right here in Chattanooga at Coolidge Park. Now, have you been through Chattanooga before? We have. Not for a long time, though. Okay. And I've always enjoyed Chattanooga. It's a great place. I'm excited to get back. It is. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're so super excited to have you again. Coolidge Park, Moon River Festival already sold out, by the way, which is just incredible. They had sold out in like a couple of days after the uh, the festival tickets were announced. And we're super excited about the lineup, you guys being a part of it. So we wanted to highlight Houndmouth a little bit. We're playing your song on Alt 98.7, a couple of your songs, actually. And mm-hmm. I thought we'd just talk music a little bit, get to know you. Obviously, the cool thing about festivals is that everybody there might not have heard of Houndmouth, right? So that's the highlight. Yeah beauty the exposure of it all so if i looked up your musical style it's been called a kind of a blend of alternative blues and rock but i wanted you to describe the essence of your sound if somebody's never heard it before how would you describe it um i just i mean when we started the band i just i was listening to the band a lot so you know you know writing songs that are story-based and uh and I always like played guitar growing up. I always played like blues stuff. So obviously that like snuck its way in there. <laughs> sure, sure. And yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, discuss some of the key musical elements that have transformed over the years. You guys have been doing this now since 2011. You've gone through some different iterations of the band, obviously growing and transforming each time. Uh, what's that journey been like when it comes to changing the sound? Has there been a lot of change? Um, there's, yeah, we went through a phase that that had quite a bit of change. Like we did, you know, you sit and write like folk songs for so long and then you're like, well, yeah, let's like use some synths and stuff for a bit. And that was fun. But, and then I, it just like reiterated my love for like true, like song, like song form and like traditional folk. So the last record we just put out was really minimal and stripped down and still writing so we're seeing where it goes from there excellent and speaking of that last record you guys did that in the greenhouse right where you guys are from in indiana and that's kind right. of like kind of a full circle thing if i'm not mistaken wasn't that where the first ep was recorded and then you guys kind of always mess with that place but it kind of means a yeah heart, special place in your heart yeah, yeah yeah we started in the greenhouse we had a little like four you know like a four input <laughs> kind of deal and made a little ep and then we got signed to like rough trade records from that and uh and since then it's just been kind of a whirlwind of recording at studios and with certain people and then finally we're just like let's go back let's go back to basics you know cut out all the noise sometimes (laughs) you have to i mean especially after the journey you guys uh were on why not go back to where it all began (laughs) for sure man just simplify you know Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. When it comes to the songwriting process that Houndmouth goes through, explain that a little bit. Is it melody first? Are there lyrics? Do you have a concept? How do you attack songwriting? Um, kind of it. Things happen kind of simultaneously as terms as like melody and song and idea. Uh, try and get an idea first because ideas are like you know the big fish you want to catch, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of form everything else around that. Cool. But yeah, it's and it usually just starts with on acoustic guitar or piano, something by myself, and start messing, and around. then take shape. Yeah, very cool. And your music kind of often has this storytelling quality. In fact, you touched on that a little bit. You like to tell a story. Are there any specific narratives or themes that consistently inspire your songwriting? And has there any been anything that's been kind of quirky or kind of wild that you're like, wow, I'm inspired by this, and I don't know why. Um, I just like people, like uh, yeah, like characters, like um. Yeah, kind of the gritty, gritty characters. Like I'm from the Midwest, and there's kind of a you know like a Southern Gothic kind of vibe that intrigues me. And uh, I don't know, just like simple people, troubled. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Have you yeah. ever 
have you ever heard from fans after you they've heard a song or listened to a song and they've come back with a completely different iteration or a different idea of what you're trying to talk about in the song? Yeah, all the time. I think that's the fun part of it because, sure. you know, I don't expect what I'm saying to add up to a lot of people. It's just kind of I'm trying to paint. I look at it like I'm like painting a picture, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, not it's not very detailed a lot of the time or or it's really detailed but vague in terms of like form so yeah i expect people to like take different meanings from stuff i would hope that i would be i think that would be really cool actually almost surreal to kind of have that interpretation different and be like wow i didn't mean that at all but if that's what you're taking out of it then, then so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like do you yeah now let's talk about your uh, your big big single it came out a few years ago. Of course, it was from uh, Little Neon Limelight uh, Sedona. Gained widespread recognition. You guys were performing it on Letterman and everywhere else. Uh, could you provide some insight on the inspiration behind that song? How it's arranged now? How you guys do it? And what's it like to perform a track like that that everybody loves at something like Moon? Uh, yeah, it's uh, so that I've had I wrote that song like in a certain key in a green room. I was like looking on Wikipedia at Sedona because I'd never been to Sedona and uh, yeah, just started like writing it and then ended up changing the key because to fit the vocal and then, and then it just kind of took off. Um, I still enjoy playing it. It's just like a natural vibe for me, you know, like the finger picking and everything. Right. Uh, yeah. I like, I know that people get like tired of playing their big song, you know, but it's just like, you know, people, people pay to come see you and it's not doing me any injustice to keep playing it. So sure. And you guys can always put a different twist on it here and there. I'm sure if you uh, feel for sure. (laughs) Are there there any songs that are in your discography that kind of hold a particular special place in your heart? Maybe not one of the bigger songs or one of the more known songs, but something that you just feel kind of close to. I always enjoyed playing like make it to midnight uh, from our latest record. It's just kind of nice. It's kind of been my vibe lately. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. I, I, as we mentioned, you guys have graced numerous stages at major festivals. Bonnaroo comes to mind. Lollapalooza, of course, Moon River. Now, how do you tailor your performances to cater to a festival crowd opposed to maybe doing a one-off show here somewhere in the city? Um, usually we don't too much, but, uh, like okay. <laughs> we just try and keep it like, uh, you know, a little bit up tempo. I'm just like a slow, I just like slow tempo songs. Sure. And uh, it's kind of, it's a little bit more challenging, but the energy at festivals is always there. So it's like, really, it's, it's like the job's already done. It's just fun. Do you try to go for like a more diverse musical range when it comes to curating the, the set list or is it a vibe? How, how do you, how do you go about it? I <laughs> mean, I don't know. So you just kind of throw it together, really. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. For like right now, you know, for, for our catalog right now, we, we just try not to overthink too much. Yeah, you get to play yeah. the hits. Play what the people want to hear. <laughs> yeah, play what we like. Play what they like. I love that. I love it. The Moon River Festival in Chattanooga has a reputation for hosting diverse and talented artists, much like yourself. How does it feel to be part of the lineup? And what are you guys going to do to kind of set your set yourself apart from the rest of them on September 9th? <laughs> oh man, I'm so bad at selling myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, it is it is awesome to be a part of this. Uh, my buddy, so our, our tour manager. And my buddy uh, Jason, he he's working at the the festival. He's working the stages, and it's kind of surreal because uh, now our new tour manager's advancing the show with him, our old tour manager. 
Okay. And I and he's he's like the greatest guy, and I'm just so pumped to like hang out with him in Chattanooga because I haven't seen him for a while. Very cool. So just looking forward yeah. to the atmosphere and, and just being just the here. hang, man. Just being here yeah. in the Phoenix City. <laughs> for sure, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Matt. Again, thank you for taking some time. We're looking forward to seeing you on September 9th, hitting the stage over at Moon River. One final question. What's going on for the future of Houndmouth? Any new directions, maybe some collaborations in the works, any concepts you're excited about? What's what's in the world? Uh, yeah, maybe some collaborations. Um, just writing right now, really. Just writing, sure. excited about what's happening. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. So we'll look forward to some, <laughs> some new stuff, hopefully, in the near future. <laughs> For sure. Awesome. For sure. Well, again, thank you so much. Thanks for being part of Moon River, visiting our wonderful city here. And we're looking forward to September 9th. We'll see you then. Yeah, thanks, Gino. Hits 96 and Alt 98.7. Gino D here with you. Continuing on with our interview series when it comes to Moon River Music Festival. And from the band Flip Turn, I'm talking to Madeline, Tristan, and Dylan. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Thank you guys for taking some time. We are super excited about Moon River coming up on September 9th. We can't wait to uh, kick off the weekend and we can't wait to see you guys hit the stage. But before we get into festival life and live performances and all of that, let's talk about the beginnings of Flip Turn, how you guys came together, how you came up with the name, what inspired the unique blend of music that you guys create. Kind of start from the beginning and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um. So we started, actually, the three of us started the band uh, when we were seniors in high school. So I guess it was technically December 2015, but we really had our first ever real show in June 2016, like right before we were starting college. Okay. Um, so we started in my parents' garage, just learning covers, essentially. We just thought it would be cool to kind of start a band. I remember one day, Tristan and I were at a Starbucks studying for an exam or something. And we weren't talking about school. We we're just talking about, like, whatever else, music. And um, we're like, it would be, it'd be kind of cool to start a band. And so I called up, we called up Dylan. I was like, he can sing and play guitar. <laughs> And I was like, this is random, but do you want to like try to start a band or something? And he was down. And then from there, we just kind of learned covers and then started writing our own music and then just stuck with it pretty much. <laughs> yeah, cool. And what kind of influenced the the unique blend of music? Because you guys kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, was that kind of what you guys listened to? And then as a, an eclectic mix, it ended up happening that way? For sure. Yeah, I think that is because of like our different backgrounds and also our similar, you know, our similarities in taste. Uh, just a combination of all of those things. All right, very good. The debut album, Shadow Glow, so good, by the way. It's awesome. Uh, described as a snapshot of the band's energy and sound. Uh, let's go into a little bit of the creative process behind that album. What was it like to all work together on finally a definitive album instead of just, you know, random songs and such? It was a lot of fun. We, so kind of started all midst like 2020 and the whole like pandemic stuff happening yeah. and we were home for a couple months and then we decided to go out to kind of near phoenix arizona way outside of it and stayed in like a cabin for two weeks and started the really the bulk of the writing for the record out there and it was like the first time with this like current group we have now all writing together and it was just fun trying to figure each other out and all write together yeah and and basically like we knew going into it that it was going to be an album which we hadn't done before so like twice as long as any like a little over like double the length of other stuff that we've put out in the past so just trying to think about what we can do to make it kind of cohesive and tell a story in itself rather than just kind of putting an ep together 
Yeah, it was really exciting for it being, you know, going off what Mad said, for it being like the first time we were working on such a big project um, that I think we were, and it took a long time to, you know, we, we got the, the basics of it, you know, in, in Phoenix. And then from there, everything else, you know, just seemed to fall into place. And we knew, you know, we had a lot of ideas, but we knew which ones fit in the album. We knew which ones maybe didn't, you know. Um, so it was it was kind of fun like creating a storyline, you know, and I think the cool part is sometimes is that storyline comes along subconsciously, you know, like without you even thinking about it and you, you listen back or you look back and you're like, Oh, well, that's weird. Like those all those songs really like actually go together, you know, like with meaning and with feeling, you know, those, they really tie in together and you weren't planning to do that. It just kind of happens along the way when you're just throwing yourself into it. Sure. And that makes me kind of cool, too, when you guys collaborate as a group. I know that collaboration and camaraderie is a big thing for your for your band, actually, growing Absolutely. up and everything. So when you guys can uh, try to navigate the creative differences, but if you all land on the same page, it's like, well, we're all saying this. We we must go with it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Is that the same process for the live performances, too? Maybe throwing in some stuff, say, at a festival? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think we have different festival. You know, we have sets. We play different for festivals versus, you know, indoor venues. Um, and we are, I feel like over time, always trying out new things at shows and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, somebody will bring an idea to, for, a, for a live thing, um, the same way that some, somebody will bring an idea for like a recorded thing. So it is kind of similar, you know, just testing out different ideas here and there. It's good. Giving everybody a moment to shine a little bit if they want it. Yeah. It says that your music is perfect for endless summers and introspective nights, which I think is perfect for Moon River Music Festival. I mean, it goes hand in hand. I think I can't be a better pair. What do you look forward to when it comes to festivals, maybe compared to doing your own shows or maybe you're on tour or whatever? What's festival life for you guys? How's it different? Um, it's a great, honestly, networking event. You get to meet a lot of bands that you maybe have just interacted with online or like, you know, like you kind of like, know someone but festivals if they're playing it too you're able to like really get to talk to them and um it's also our a lot of our team likes to come out for festivals so it's just a great way for everyone to reconnect and just see so many great artists you know we we love music and since we're all on the road all the time we get to miss we have to miss a lot of concerts that are like dang they're finally coming to florida you know <laughs> yeah i wish we could but we're gonna be yeah, like not a bad problem to have. <laughs> But, you know, like at festivals, like we actually get to be like fans and see a lot of our favorite artists. Yeah. Yeah. And Moon River is going to be no stranger to that. Of course, we have Camp. We have, um, oh, my gosh, Hosha is going to be performing. Noah Cyrus, Wilder Woods. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's going to be an amazing yeah. lineup. Yeah. And it's always known. Moon River has been known for their diverse lineup, which is great. So it kind of checks all the boxes. So anybody who shows up, you're going to be obviously liking what you like, but you're going to be introduced to a new audience. And I can only assume that doing festivals for that. I mean, you guys have your dedicated fan base, but if somebody's discovering your music, that must be kind of a cool feeling to play for someone totally new and oh, yeah. festival than anywhere else, I would assume. Absolutely. I think, too, we we do play a lot of festivals that aren't necessarily like in our genre sometimes. And I think that's also a really cool way to just get in front of people that maybe wouldn't, you know, hear your music otherwise. You know, like we played uh, like Electric Forest this year, for instance, and that's usually known as like a big EDM festival. But we had a really cool crowd of people for our set that were discovering us, you know, that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. So similar, you know, I love doing those kind of festivals sometimes. Have you ever played a city and been kind of surprised by the crowd reaction? 
not in a bad way necessarily, but just been maybe thinking like, I don't know if we're going to fit in. And then all of a sudden these people are just. Yes. Boise, Idaho. Every time I have to say yeah, that. Like, <laughs> the first time we were there, we were like, what the heck? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like it, that's the kind of city you go to. I guess not a lot of people go through there, like any artist really as much, like often. So when like if a few people know you're coming they will tell everybody and everybody will learn learn your music like everybody in the city the entire city will learn your music <laughs> come out and they'll, they'll just show out in a, in a big way it's one of the most surprising cities i think we've ever played it's amazing all right boise idaho madeline tristan you guys share the same uh, sentiment there for boise yeah, yeah i would say so boise is always a really fun time we've had really good food there um it's always been fun well, never had a bad time in boise yeah <laughs> just being on tour in general not necessarily festivals but it must be fun to kind of experience those new cities and entering because you kind of hear like boise idaho why would anybody go there unless it was exactly. um has any other do you have any favorite cities that you like to tour or be a part of with the exception of boise now <laughs> um definitely uh i mean i love austin i've never like been there before touring and just the food there is incredible. I'm a big foodie. Like that's usually like if I'm like I remember a place. I'm like, oh yeah, I had that for dinner. It was great. <laughs> um, I know that's not really a like a crazy place. Everyone loves Austin. Denver's um, cool. I mean, like we go to Denver. Denver. Love every time we go to Colorado. I just like really look forward to that date. Have um, you guys been through Chattanooga before? We've never played it. We've driven through it though, like a few times. And the oh. last there was one time we were driving home. I think from nashville or not maybe not nashville we were like we were on the way home i remember from a tour sure. and we had to stop in chattanooga for like gas or food or we were just you know it's just making a, a quick stop and moon river festival was going on oh so fun. we were like what is this like why did you know like, <laughs> we can't find parking anywhere the entire city's like crazy and so it, it ended up being moon river like the same weekend that moon river was going on well, we love Moon River. It's one of our biggest uh, festivals here. We're super excited about it. And Chattanooga is a great city. And Madeline, you said that you're a little bit of a foodie. Some fantastic restaurants and breweries and everything else around this area. So if you guys have time, I know your schedules might be tight, but if you have time, you have to do some exploring because Chattanooga is mm -hmm. a great little city. And, and Dylan, you mentioned kind of passing by. It is kind of a passerby city in a sense, just because we're in between Atlanta and Nashville. So mm -hmm. people are always kind of going through, but Try to make a stop. Obviously, you guys will for Moon River. Uh, if you can, you got to check it out. It's a, it's a cool little town. Definitely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Sounds awesome. Looking ahead, what are your aspirations for uh, Flip Turn's future? Maybe ex exploring new music, maybe live performances. What's what's in the works for you guys? Um, currently working on album number two. We just did another riding trip a couple weeks ago. Uh, this time in the mountains in North Carolina. Um, so just kind of in the beginning stages of working on that and yeah more touring we're always on the road so yeah yeah more touring's in the horizon <laughs> very good exploring new sounds and genres is always a fun thing is there any genres of music that you haven't explored yet but you're you're wanting to anything on the list and saying you know what eventually we should do this type of music our know. keyboard player got into house music. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. There'll be house in there some point. If there's any wubs in our future album, don't be surprised. There might <laughs> be. Yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> well, that is going to be awesome. We're, we'll look forward to that for sure. We'll look forward to all the new music that you guys will come up with. Again, I want to thank you for being part of Moon River Music Festival coming up on September 9th. We can't wait to see you uh, hit the stage. And we just wanted to get to know you a little bit before uh, we see you on that stage and support your music. So again, Madeline, Tristan, Dylan, thanks so much for joining me.
Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hits 96 and Alt 987. My name is Gino D, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Bear Reinhardt of Wilder Woods and Need to Breathe. Bear, welcome back. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to see you. We uh the last time we talked was about five, six months ago, give or take, since the last time we talked, it was right when you released your latest album, Fever Sky, which came out back in March. It's been some time now. Obviously, you've been able to kind of reflect on it. I know that you've performed it a lot more, all the songs, you've been able to listen to it, I'm sure. How are your feelings about the album now, five months after it's come out? Yeah, man, I think that's that's a good uh, explanation. I, I feel like um, I think touring it is the best thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's really hard to because um, I can love it in my headphones, but then you, you get out there and just see how people react to it and what their take on it is. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great tour. Um, I mean, just kind of blew me away, honestly, about how, how many people actually got into the record and uh, different parts of it. And, and uh, yeah, I'm proud of it, man. I feel like it's it's got songs on it that I'm going to be playing for a long time. Yeah, so good feedback then. It's been positive. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. I mean, it's I, I've done some headlining stuff and some festival stuff, and then opened up for uh, Avent Brothers at Red Rocks and got to play some of the songs. That's you know that's kind of killer. Yeah, um, yeah, and it just felt it felt great even even after taking a little break from it. You know, what I mean, we got went on tour for a few months, and then it was like a month off where I didn't I wasn't out and all that, and going back to the songs. I'm like, I'm really really proud of them. Good, good. You should be. It's a fantastic album. And just in case someone didn't uh, didn't hear the album yet or had maybe not our last conversation that we had not too long ago, let's talk about Fever Sky just a little bit. Let's dig a little bit deeper into it because uh, you've said it's been an album that's more about the journey than the destination. It's been kind of like a traveling process for you. And when it comes down to it, it's a bit of a dynamic mix. I mean, when the style of the music that you go yeah. after, there's some soul, there's some folk, you have a Southern gospel vibe. So we'll talk about the influences and processes a little bit behind Fever Sky. Yeah, I think it's, you know, in the end, I look back on it, I think, I think it's a lot of the stuff I love, you know what I mean? First, first kind of like stuff I was into, like the Black Crows and Joe Cocker and all this like soul meets gospel stuff. Um, and then there's some songs in there I just allowed, I think, a little bit to be a little more singer songwriter in that way where it's like, you know, maybe we don't overthink this. Like there's a song on the record called Heartland I wrote. Um, the night before we tracked it you know what i mean so some of that it was really like a part of that moment you know what i mean and and um i think that's been a little easier to be sincere about you know i think sometimes you get your head like you're making a record for a year and you're off in some place and not connected to what it is come out and play it and you know and so it was a it was a big thing i think for me to have the set it'd be the second record I'd had a record process and gone out and see what it felt like so plenty of stuff that on there that felt like it needed to be in a live show you know what I mean? Which I, I think is that's 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 really where the rubber meets the road for me. Um, is finding out the energy kind of stuff, the rock and roll stuff, and and uh, yeah, man, it's just a fun show. That's all yeah. it is. I mean, I dance around a little bit more, you know, like have a good time. Um, that's yeah. great. We're, we're getting excited. And that's that was my next question, actually. How how is that transferred well, or has it transferred well into performing as Wilder Woods? Maybe compared to Need to Breathe, or comparison to a set list. Have you had some fun with that? Been able to explore? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. The soul thing is, is always been something I love. So like, I think getting into that, letting the band play a little bit more and me like put the guitar down for a couple of songs and kind of just like vibe has <laughs> yeah. been fun to me. It's been surprising how much easier it is to sing like that. You know what I mean? You're not tied down to it. So I think it's got a little bit of both. I mean, some of the songs that just feel like I could just play them on acoustic would do a, a few of those. Um, but, but the band is really good. Um, so we got, we went out and got some guys that can actually kill this stuff. And, um, and we, they kind of made it our own. I told them the first day, I was like, look, we're, I'm not trying to play the record like it is live. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're not trying to reproduce it. I was sure. like, let's, whatever this band is, is what this song, these songs should sound like. 
know? And so I think they own that, you know what I mean? And, and it feels, feels really good. Have you found yourself having any difficulties or maybe it hasn't been a problem at all, kind of balancing maybe the expectation of need to breathe fans? Has, have you found yourself in the kind of that mix? I probably feel that, you know, in my head more than anything in reality. You know what I mean? I, I think um, when we get in front of people, the Wilder Woods stuff, is it's been – it just the response has been awesome and they're ready for it. They kind of know what to expect now. Um, yeah, so probably a little bit more me and, and probably more on the first record I felt that. Like, oh, this has got to be so different. But then what if it isn't? You know, all this stuff. But now it's just like, man – um, I'm writing the best songs I can. The the sort of avenue for what Wilder Woods is allows itself to be a little different than Need to Breathe, like just the way it's set up, the way I write for it, the way I go into the studio for it. Um, so it's, it is definitely unique. Like, I don't know that Wilder Woods could really open for Need to Breathe, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little more, you know, rock and roll, a little more Americana than than maybe what Need to Breathe does. Um, and a little less like bombastic. I think that's the, the band is so big in rock and roll, like arena rock. You know what I mean? This this has a little more like club vibes to it. Very cool. Very cool. We're excited again. Moon River Festival coming up September 10th. We're only now a handful of days away when it comes down to it. How are you feeling about the festival? Before we talked back in uh, March, you had a whole bunch of shows in between now and then. And now you seem to be at the end of that type of thing. You said you were on tour. Yeah. I'm taking a break. Are we still excited to perform some uh, festivals? Very, very much, man. And, and Moon River is one I've always like the band played it um, years ago before they moved to Chattanooga. Yeah. So me um you know and drew holcomb is a big you know really good longtime friend of mine um so and there's a bunch of people playing that day it's like I, it's gonna be great man I, and I, I love not having the pressure of like headlining a festival <laughs> Get down, anything goes you know what i mean people are just it. um so yeah this stuff was made for this and uh and so i can't wait when performing festivals are there any unique challenges compared to maybe doing your own tour or anything anything that you kind of find yeah i mean one challenge yeah. It's different. I, I think it's a little bit more freedom, honestly. I mean, in, in shows, you know, there's all this production and lights and everything's got to be on cue, you know, like especially playing during the day. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? They're watching you get water in between songs. It's not like it's like we're all here together in the same place. You know, um, I think that's really fun. We had a, I played a festival in Charleston, South Carolina um, a couple of months ago. And we it's these throw and go things. It's like you got 15 minutes, put all your stuff on stage and get going. We do the whole warm up and everything. We go out there first song and my microphone's not on. <laughs> time out we're gonna start this over just pretend you didn't see that you know so festivals have a little bit of that vibe you're like fine by the see your pants but i, I kind of love that part about it i think people have more fun yeah and, and moon river is kind of known for that too that kind of intimate setting we're all on the same page here we're all in the same place let's enjoy the moment um so i think in a weird way fans kind of look forward to those little quirks that happen on stage that they might not necessarily get in a well show it doesn't have to be pre-packaged, man. Just get out here and play your songs, and we'll get we'll vibe to it. Uh, since the last six months, over the time of performing all of these songs, has there been any bit that have surprised you and maybe a crowd reaction? Or have you gotten feedback from a song in a different way than you expected when you first released it? Any songs kind of... Yeah. You know, I think, I think um, I mean, there's several. Heartland is is one that I just put on at the end of the record thinking, you know, maybe we need one more song. And I didn't know what it was. Honestly, it happened so fast. Um, but that became something I played at the end of the night, every night. And I'll probably, I might even open the show with it at Moon River. Um, but I really like that one. Be Yourself is has been a song that like, just streaming wise and people coming up and talking to me, that's that's been like sort of the, the song on the record that, you know, and I felt great about it, but also I was like, I don't know, you know, you just never know. Yeah. So that response is really good. Um, and it feels like that song is like sort of evergreen. Like I feel like 10 years from now, I'll be playing that song. Um, so 
Sorry about that. We have we have a new collab coming out. I can't I can't tell you who it is yet, but we're gonna do a new version of Be Yourself with with some awesome people. So I'm stoked about that. Great, that's excellent. Is there any songs that uh, are those the ones that have been have been your favorites? Then your new favorites to perform? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the Fever Sky. I mean, uh, sorry, Maestro brings the house down every night. Yeah, I love it's, that rhythmically about that that works in a club and like we I mean all of us looked at it. the first time we played in a club we were like we looked at each other like what's happening <laughs> this the club starts bouncing to it you know what I mean um so that's pretty thrilling so you know that that'll be uh on the set list for sure excellent well we are looking forward to it again that's coming up on September 10th now that you've released two solo albums two solo albums possibly working on a third I think I heard you mention one time or another have you seen any changes in yourself as an artist performer songwriter any changes since the yeah solo album? yeah I think I think you kind of grow in both ways to, to me like I feel like I've gotten much better as a writer and a collaborator um you know I moved to Nashville five years ago to kind of do that and work on this Waterwood stuff and, and so I've met tons of people and they challenge you because they're really good you know, it's, you got to get better if you want to hang. Yeah. Um, so th that in one way. And then the other thing I think is a little bit of freedom away from like, you know, the band stuff is so big and and, and has like a really production heavy kind of thing, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. But also like realizing, man, it's just because people want to want to see you do the song. They want to hear you talk. They want to see you mess up. Like we were saying, I mean, I think of, of freedom in both ways. It's like it's OK to be not perfect. And it's also like, hey, when you're writing this music, um, there's like a, a higher level that we haven't been to. It feels like to me, um, that's where I'm at. Like, it feels like I'm like really trying to keep up with all these great people uh, in town and, and it's maybe better. Well, I think you've held your own. You're doing a nice job with that whole thing. So congratulations on all the success from the album. We can't wait to see you. Moon River Festival, September 10th. Again, we'll be uh, hanging out and cheering you on as you go. Um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit. I know you can't necessarily say your collaborations, uh, but what is next? Are you continuing to write? I know Need to Breathe, you're working on some stuff. Basically, just more writing, right? Yeah, I've been writing uh, a bunch for, I mean, the Need to Breathe has an album coming out on uh, September 15th. So that's like... You know, finally like out the, so to me that's like out the door for me <laughs> you know you got to go play it writing's been done for a little while so i started writing for for what i think is going to be the next Waterwood stuff um i kind of have this dream i don't know if it's going to happen or not like right now it's just in planning but i, I want to go do um i think i'm going to call it cabin tapes so i put some some stuff out that i i produced and mixed um over the last couple of years and i really like that process but a little more formal than that but me going away with a couple of players and writers that I love and just like maybe we spend a week and just put out the songs I've been writing um, in a really raw form. So I think that's probably next, but we'll see. All right. Well, we'll keep you uh, posted out there, everybody listening. And uh, Bear, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for uh, all of your great music. And we can't wait to see you again September 10th at Moon River Festival. Thanks for hanging out for a bit. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hits 96 and Alt 98.7, Gino D here with you, continuing on with our interview series via Zoom when it comes to the Moon River Music Festival happening September 9th and 10th. And join me right now, not only one of the performers from Moon River Festival, but one of the founders, Drew Holcomb from Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Drew, welcome back. Great to be with you. How you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. And I'm sure there's a lot going on in your life, but uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I just kind of want to reflect a little bit on the past really 20 years of your career. I was doing a little research into you. You started back in 2003 as a solo artist. A couple of years after that, that's when the neighbors came along. Roughly eight, nine, 10 years after that was Moon River. Now we're uh, approaching a 10th anniversary for that. Have you ever had the chance to kind of sit back and think, wow, it's been a busy two decades? 
You know, I didn't have that time until uh, until the pandemic when I was, you know, not at home. I mean, I was finally at home, not not on the road. And yeah, I, I, I spent a lot of time kind of reflecting. I, you know, I my career has gone so much farther than I ever dreamed it would. And uh, when I first started, you know, I was in Memphis and I, I dreamed of selling out the, this little venue called the High Tone. It held, held 300 people. And I thought, man, if I could do that, I will have made it. So to now, you know, be getting to do all the things we do, the touring we do, the places we play, hosting this festival, it's all it's all kind of a, a dream come true. How do you feel about the uh, the growth and evolution of your music? Do you feel like you're a more developed artist? I mean, obviously, I think that would be a, a, a staple for that. But how do you feel about the growth? I feel as good as I've ever felt. There's this strange tension. I turned I turned 40 last year and I, I feel very content as a person, as a creative person, especially. But I've never felt more ambitious. I feel like this record that we put out in June has been so well received. I mean, it's streaming more than any record we've ever put out. We've had our first number one at radio on Americana radio with a song called find your people. We were out all summer opening for Darius Rucker at these huge amphitheaters and stuff. And so it just feels great. It feels like the new music is like the, is the best version of ourselves we've ever put out. And it seems like people feel the same. And so to get to kind of carry that on, um, is really fun and it, feel, it feels like we're firing on all cylinders i was going to mention that of course i want to talk about the uh, the ninth album now that you have strangers no more because it does seem like there's a little bit more of a buzz behind this one for whatever reason we're following you throughout the years uh, but this one seems to be uh, putting you on on a bigger track which is a wonderful thing so let's talk about the inspiration behind this album a little bit behind the music and maybe just the overall theme of strangers no more yeah i mean it's really a, a a record that's an ode to kind of a state of mind um, of, of, of gratitude of sort of looking at the world. You know, we live in this incredibly divided and chaotic and, and sort of isolated time. And I think music is one of the only things that kind of gets people out of that and brings people together. And, and that's a lot of what Moon River is about is like this great gathering of people, strangers, you know, uh, but music makes people strangers no more. And that's a lyric from this song called dance with everybody which I wrote with Ketch Secor from Old Crow Medicine Show. And we were just talking about how much we had missed the audience and how that this live show, this moment in time that only happens once. Like if you go to any show you go to, that's it. That's the one time it happens. And so um, it's just, there's just something powerful in that. And I think uh, it's something really cool happens when a bunch of strangers get in a room and listen to music that they love that connects them. It's one of the few things left that can only happen, you know, live and in person. And so this record has a lot of sort of n nods to that. It's got songs about uh, friendship and um, songs about, um, you know, song, like there's a song called Troubles, which is sort of dives into this idea of wanting to kind of escape from the hard things in life. And, um, you know, there, there's just a lot of there's a lot of fun, but also a lot of seriousness and that tension, I think, is like is what we do well as a band and it's been it was a really fun record to write and a really fun record to record excellent it's well received very well positive reviews from both fans and critics which is a great to see uh, any personal highlights or moments of pride making the album that you kind of will hold dear to your heart yeah i think um uh when i wrote the song troubles i came home and played it um for my daughter who was eight at the time and by the second chorus she was singing along with me and I'll never forget that moment as a dad, just like, oh, man, my, my songs are not only connecting with my fans, they're connecting with my own children. And that's, you know, that's something you can kind of hang your hat on for a long time.
Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're also talking to generations too, which is not. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. You mentioned it uh, this past summer, you wrapped up touring with Darius Rucker, which is absolutely huge. You still have numerous tour dates. People go to your website. You guys are all over the place. And then of course, starting next year, will be find your people tour. Uh, compare and contrast maybe tour life with that of maybe doing festivals. Obviously, Moon River t- comes to mind, but you've done numerous festivals over your career. Uh, talk about kind of tour life versus festival life, pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, uh, the show is the first big difference. I mean, when you're playing a festival, you're kind of building this like power packed short set, you know, like and, and specifically at Moon River, we're doing this thing called Goodbye Road, which we haven't done in like five years. It's a it's a, it's this project I did with my my friends johnny swim and so we mix in some of our own sort of most popular songs but then all the stuff we do together but yeah festival sets in general you know or opening sets you're you're kind of you're you're trying to get kind of capture new fans you know and so you build a set that sort of uh is like all the stuff you like the big songs the fun songs because it's outside people are on their feet and then um you know the tour life is much more about like sort of building this this, um, this whole emotional roller coaster of taking people highs, lows, deep cuts, hits, new stuff, mm-hmm. um, collaborations with the opener. I mean, there's all sorts of like cool things to do when you have kind of unlimited time. And then the practical thing about like festivals are sort of chaotic, you know, because you got like quick, quick sound check, jump on stage, do your thing, do your interview. Um, whereas, you know, a, a day in the life on the road is a little more like, all right, we get to unload the trailer at noon. We've got four hours to set up. We've got two hours for sound check. We've got a break before VIP. Um, it's just a, the pace of it is a little more, you know, sort of manageable, but like this fall tour we're doing, we've got, I think four festivals and 14 headline shows so every week we get to like mix it up, you know? So that's a lot of fun. And then we're going to go out with head in the heart in November and then pick up the headline run again in the spring. So we've got a very full plate which is fun must be exciting to know that you have all that stuff in the works now and it's it's you're on the right track like like i said it must yeah be yeah feeling no it, it feels awesome <laughs> it's excellent well uh congratulations again on all the success that's wonderful as one of the founders of moon river festival how does it feel to return to chattanooga for this year on september 9th of course and what can we expect i mean i we were talking a little bit before we started recording here it's almost kind of nearing a 10th anniversary in some way. Um, but how do you feel about returning to Moon River and, and making it happen again? It's always one of my favorite weekends of the year. It's um, very proud of it. I'm proud of what we've built over the over the last decade. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of the lineup. I mean, this year it sold out in a matter of days, yes. which was which was crazy. We've got, you know, a lot of friends. There's always a lot of friends on the on the uh, lineup, which is always you know, the artists, you often don't see each other in festivals. All of a sudden you're all in one place and it's a lot of fun. And um, so that's, that's really always exciting. Um, but then more than anything, I just love the the location and the vibe is always so good. People are just having fun listening to music. They don't have to pick bands because everybody has the audience when they play, which is probably my favorite thing about the festival. Um, so I get, I get pretty excited. I mean, this week is a little different because we're not doing our own show. We're doing this collaborative show. So I'm like deep in the weeds of rehearsing and, and relearning songs I haven't played in a long time. So it's a little different than last year where I, we, we kind of came right off the road into Moon River and went straight on, you know, to the, on the next show, which was wild, but, um, the weather's looking good. Fingers crossed. Last year was obviously kind of a, <laughs> a cluster. So we're uh, we're excited about it. And it's uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite weekends and very excited about the lineup and everybody that's coming out. 
You mentioned uh, last year with the, with the with the weather and everything, though. But I now hear I think more people talk about how you guys recuperated from that and were able to open up an auditorium. What was it, Sailors and uh, Soldiers Memorial? Soldiers and Sailors, yeah. Yeah, you were yeah. able to go over there, and people now are talking about how that moment kind of was birthed out of Moon River to see a lot of collaborations happening on stage. It was pretty much a big giant jam session. Yeah, that's something that would never happen otherwise, you know, because you could never convince all those artists like, hey, in three hours, we're going to do this. But some some of the artists were excited to play. And obviously, the weather didn't allow us to do that. So, you know, they were it was really cool because like the first band to just immediately say yes was the local natives because it was going to be their last show of the fall of their summer tour and they weren't touring in the fall. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty magical thing. And, and a lot of that happens at the festival, too. I mean, we there's always these cool collaborations that happen. People that know each other, they jump up and play with each other. And, um, yeah, that's that's part of the the spirit of it is that fans first, you know, sure. um, and we try to try to keep it that way. But there was a couple hours there where I thought we're not going to be able to salvage this thing. It's just going to be the end of it. And um, we were taking some pretty good incoming on social media. So I'm glad we were able to salvage it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were on top of that. We saw what was going on there, but uh, you guys yeah. pulled through, and uh, and then those, of course, that didn't maybe go to the Memorial Auditorium afterwards because you know it's a busy day and things are happening. I think they all kind of feel felt a little bit of FOMO after that. You know, they, yeah, I hope I hope they did. They missed out. They missed out. What do you believe has been some of the keys to success in uh, in doing Moon River Festival, or even keys keys to success in your career? Has it been the collaborations and working with those artists that are willing to kind of do whatever it takes? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I also think um, hiring like t- uh, a team that sort of catches the vision of an artist and fan friendly festival. Um, I think that's like the biggest key. Um, and then picking bands that sort of have that same spirit of of uh, respecting fans and treating their fans like like they're a part of the a part of the deal, which is which is really cool. Um, we've been so fortunate over the years to have such great artists over you know i mean ava brothers brandy carlisle uh, isabel um it's just been been insane what we've been able to pull off and and that's just because we put to put together a great team and i think you know just in general as an artist i think what's always worked for us is just sort of trusting your gut your instincts and then treating everybody with respect along the way and not running over anybody you know and that way you know, there's, there's like, we always talk about how there are so many artists that have opened for me. I mean, camp is a great example of this. So camp in 2018, the first year we were in Chattanooga, um, after we moved it from Memphis, uh, camp was first up on the small stage on Saturday, fast forward five years, not that long. And they're headlining. So, you know, it'd be easy for me to like, not talk to the opening band and be like, Oh, you know, who's this, whatever, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm playing the big stage. And <laughs> Instead, it's like, hey, be nice to those guys because you never know. They might be, you may be opening for them, <laughs> which we are. Yeah. And like I say, that is the beauty of it to be able to see that and to see that growth from these artists, much like yourself, to kind of go throughout the phases. Because if I'm not mistaken, in the beginning, it was kind of you and your wife just doing acoustic stuff in the very beginning of Moon River, right? Well, it was full band, but it was like we had like six bands on one stage. And it was, yeah. I mean, we were literally calling porta potty companies and, we didn't know what we were doing. We we ran out of we ran out of change three hours into the festival and had to send somebody to the dog track in East Memphis to get ones, you wow. know, because it was a Sunday. So, anyways, yeah, it was it's been a, a wild ride and it's become a much more professional endeavor, which I think everybody's grateful for. 
It's grown to be a staple here in Chattanooga. We're so happy to have it. Cannot wait for this weekend. Again, September 9th and 10th, people get all the information, even though it is sold out. I mean, it sold out so fast. People were calling us saying, like, do you guys have tickets? We did some ticket giveaway yeah. and such, but uh, people are definitely feeling it, and they definitely want to uh, take in everything that is Moon River. Uh, one final question, Drew. Congratulations on success, of course, that we've been talking about. Everything's been great, the new album and more. Uh, but what is your biggest hope or vision for the legacy of Moon River to come? Is there a vision? Is there something that's in the future that we're striving for or is it just what what's yeah. the deal here so uh, there's there's two quick stories that i that to me sort of wrap up what i hope the legacy of moon river is one is there was a facebook group started year one of people who were coming to moon river solo and now this group of people is like 60 people and they rent like eight different houses around chattanooga airbnb and they all stay together and make a big weekend of it every year and they've made lifelong friends that is like the is the magic of music and music festivals. And then secondly, um, there was a, a a guy that I met who the last thing he did with his, his best friend had cancer. And the last thing he did with him was go to Moon River with him four years ago. And then he passed away shortly thereafter. And every year he goes back to Moon River just to honor the memory of his friend. And I think that, you know, I want Moon River just to be a place where people make memories that, you know, mean something to them for a long, long time. And that can be fun. It can be serious. It can be whatever. But I just want people to kind of walk away like we all do, feeling less alone and more kind of alive than they did when they showed up on on third, on Saturday. So if that can be our legacy, then I'm a happy, happy camper. There you go. Mission accomplished. Absolutely. Absolutely. Drew, thank you so much for the time. We can't wait to see you hit the stage on September 9th. And again, best of luck in the future with everything you're doing and a big congratulations. Thanks for having me on. See you soon. It's 96 and Alt 98.7. Gino D here with you. We are backstage at Moon River 2023, and I'm with the one and only Noah Cyrus. Hi. Noah, thank you for coming and being part of Moon River. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've not been a part of a festival in Tennessee. Oh, I keep, okay. I almost say Nashville every time right. just because I feel like I'm... It's our sister city. I feel like I'm home, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, you should feel like Yeah, home. Of course, yeah. Of course. So right now you're on the Hardest Part Tour. This is all in support of your first album that came out last year, first full-length album, I should say. Yeah. And um, what has that been like so far? I know the album came out about a year ago, so you're still promoting that. How has the tour treated you? And speaking of festival stops, how does this add a little flavor to that? Yeah, I mean, it's been so nice. We've had some festivals along the way, um, here obviously, and um, Alaska, which was so nice. It was the first time I'd ever been to Alaska. It was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the tour, just for me, and I think people who are in the crowd and who are involved in the tour, it's a quite a healing experience, just because I think the music really reaches down to people and 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 just things that are natural to life that everyone goes through i feel that that album really touches on and mm -hmm. it's a pretty relatable album and i think it touched not in like in a way of like i see different people relating to different songs every single night and that's probably one of my favorite parts is seeing the people who relate to the songs about you know the ones i wrote for my grandmother who departed and mm -hmm. uh just like a few years ago we lost her and um i just see the different people reacting to that and i find it very 
lovely and, and healing for and everyone. It must be, and I know you've actually commented on that, that the, the making of the album process has been very healing for you. I know you worked with producer uh, Mike Crossy, you want to make sure you get his name right, and you said it was like a healing experience yeah. being able to uh, uh, produce these songs and, and really work on them. As an artist, how do you approach songwriting? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm quite like a to myself songwriter. I'm I I think I started in like quite a pop environment where I was thrown into a lot of different rooms and I really learned how to think like a pop writer and I think that's kind of um, something I had to kind of reverse on for me to kind of find who I am in myself and I feel that I'm just more of like a storyteller and a songwriter and not that pop writers aren't songwriters but just I feel that I'm I'm more of a storyteller where I kind of write in this um what's the word I'm looking for I use it all the time it's like you're like, telling a story yeah Obviously yeah like just a very start middle finish okay and um I don't know. Some of my favorite songs are told like that. Like I, sure. I love storytellers and songwriters like Randy Carlyle, and I feel like you really hear a story from the beginning to the middle and the end that way. Okay. And um, so you want whoever's listening to kind of feel the full yeah. story and actually want to follow you. Yeah, through. and I think you know that was also the goal with the production, and so I was really heavily involved in the production, and I really found a love for, you know producing and I've been a lot more involved in the music I'm making for the upcoming record and, and music coming forward and it's been so nice because I really found like I think my musicianship along the way of making this record which was so nice and I really fell in love with making the music and you know I got to introduce even Mike Crossy one of my favorite producers of all time before even knowing him to working with pedal steel and right. harmonica and things that you know it's a way more country lane and approach than what Mike has ever worked on and same for myself. So I think it was just a really cool experience for the both of us to make that together. Cool. Yeah. I know you've released numerous singles from it so far, of course, throughout the year. Is there any that stand out? I know it's hard to pick one, but is there any that stand out that you want fans to kind of know that you hold that one just a little closer to your heart for whatever reason? Uh, man, my side of the bed. I think my side of the bed was kind of... Uh, a baby of the album. I took extra care of that one, and I just, I really uh, went to a personal place in that song, really visually taking you to a specific time and place in my life, and I, I really see that whole song in my head as a, like, the reality and what was written of that song, I see that very clear in my head. So to bring the listeners into that place as well was really important. Awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. When it comes to performing the, that song, maybe, or maybe there's your others, is, you still feel like you kind of relate to it in that sense? Is it still that personal experience for you when you're performing? It's say maybe a festival like Moon River? Totally, yeah. yeah. I think every time I sing these songs, like, I feel something different. And, you know, whether it's sparked by a reaction in the crowd or something on myself, I definitely, that's, it's an emotional set because the songs are so personal. Yeah. The whole album is very personal. Yeah, I think every song I've ever written yeah. has been a bit personal. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, yeah. it's, like you said, it's a healing process for you. And for people sure. are, and those interpretations that you're hearing must be a lot of fun too, because if you're singing about, say, your grandmother, but somebody else has it in their own way, and that song means something to them totally. completely different to be a part of that. Totally. 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 
Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you. We've had a lot of fun talking. We cannot wait to see you hit the stage later tonight. What can people expect from a live performance? And how does something maybe at a festival like Moon River differ from doing a solo show? Because you're doing all types of shows right now. Yeah. A um, little different of a set, you know, because you imagine. have to kind of shorten it and edit it up. But I would just say my band is so incredible. And I have such an amazing band that it's such an honor to play with these musicians every single night like i just i that's what i would say to look forward to for my set is i just have such a beautiful band and they're so talented and amazing we are so excited to see you hit the stage it's gonna be wonderful right here and chattanooga tennessee of course we're at coolidge park one final question for you noah looking back now at your journey you've released the early eps to the debut album plus you're looking at what lies ahead you got the future in which you said something about an upcoming album what do you kind of want the legacy of noah cyrus to be known for what should people kind of Keep in mind when they think of your name, in your opinion. Good songs. Good I don't songs? know, songs that'll last forever, songwriting and... That personal connection. Yeah, personal connection. I just, I would like to keep making songs that are going to be a good song in 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. So, awesome. yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for doing you. this. We appreciate it. And have some fun tonight, okay? Thank you. It's 96. Gino D here with you. We are still backstage at Moon River 2023, and I'm here with today's headliner, Hosier. How are you, sir? Yeah, pretty good. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this. We're going to have some fun right now. I'm so, uh, you probably know this. We're days away now from the 10th anniversary of Take Me to Church. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of start from there because that's kind of how everybody got to know you right off the bat, right? Yes. 10 years ago, yeah. you've had massive success with that song. Yeah. Um, it's two, it's at the 2 billion streaming mark at this point. It's been streamed 2 billion times. Very impressive. So I kind of wanted to start off this interview with you kind of just looking back at the last 10 years. Mm. and reflect on it a little bit for us yeah i mean i've been i've been very fortunate i mean it's strange the first song i ever released was take me to church yeah and it was this huge it was this big moment you know and uh, things changed i was kind of yeah i was kind of thrown into um into touring in, in a in a in a way that i'd never conceived of really in those early days and i've just been releasing music since so i'm i feel lucky to have this life i feel lucky that it, every time I'm releasing music we're kind of the audience is expanding still you know so this is on this tour you know selling out madison square garden for the mm -hmm. for the some some of the some of the largest venues i've ever played so i'm watching kind of new after 10 years as you put it yeah like yeah it's crazy to think so, that it's, so it's a big years. decade and there's like new there's like younger fans coming to the work now which which is such a good you know sweet surprise that kind of seeing younger people coming to the music after 10 years so it's been a fun ride i can assume it has been, it's been a fun ride yeah, yeah. so that brings us to your latest album just came out a couple of weeks ago now unreal unearth mm. i know that you wrote most of it during the pandemic and you said that you were inspired by dante's inferno a little bit, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. The inspiration behind the album, and why did you decide to go in that direction? Yeah, it's 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 a kind of a loose. Sometimes it's a it's a it, there's a few direct references to the literature. Sometimes it plays loosely with the themes uh, of the circles. So it's a poem about a man who walks his way through hell, mm -hmm. and he he describes hell as being arranged into circles. Uh, but I just it felt wrong to come out of the pandemic period and not enough nod to or acknowledge in some way shape or form uh the experience of walking into new circumstances and walking out the other side and i was reading that poem at the, in the early parts of that of, of 2020 yeah uh, 2020 and i think some some of those some of that language some of that atmosphere just found its way into me and became this became this sort of fun tool for structuring the album a little bit. 
What about the, the musical elements? It's been known to be kind of an eclectic retrospective sound for this yeah. new album. Yeah. Um, same idea kind of when it comes to that? Yeah, I think this uh, arranging the album into circles meant that we could just allow a circle to be a circle and move on from it. And so let each song be what it needed to be sonically, production-wise, instrumentally. So there's a lot of different there's a lot of different sort of sounds on the album, which was fun too, you know. When it comes to the array of songs that are on the album, and I know sometimes it's hard to pick just one, do you have any of the others though, or have any songs that kind of are closer to your heart a little bit, mean a little bit more than maybe the others? For sure, for sure. Um, there's some that are super. I think there's there's a love song on a called for someone from a warm climate, which is which is one of my favorites. Um, and there's a song called First Time, which uh, just lyrically, I think for me. Like lyrics, I think, are the most important part of any song. And for me, I'm, some, I'm prouder of some of those lyrics. So, you know. when you, You're known for your meticulousness when it comes down to uh, writing lyrics and actually your revision process. I read a little bit about you that you go through the, quite a revision process when it comes to your words. And I know that's kind of a thing in the Irish culture, too, is words mean a lot. Mm. So explain that creative process a little bit, because how do you finally make your cuts? Or how many versions of songs are actually written before you choose the one that, to put out? Um, in some cases, uh, I mean, some of these songs, yeah, there was, a, there was a few revisions. In the case of Francesca, there was a whole version of that song. It sounds entirely different. Um, I tried to approach the idea of writing that song from many different places. And there's a, there's a rhyming scheme that Dante, Dante invented, Dante uh, Alighieri invented when he wrote in Inferno, he wrote his comedy, the Commedia, and uh, it's called Terza Rima. It's this interlocking three. So, like, I was playing around with, with like rhyming schemes that really had no business in a, in a pop in a popular song. You know, that were really difficult to make sense of. Sure. Uh, so, so in some cases, yeah, like in, in Francesca, it was a, it's a complete rebuild and a complete reapproach of, of trying to make trying to offer that storytelling and uh, and other ones it's like at times there might be other takes where we've got right up to, right down to the mixing where it's like no change that word you know yeah uh, yeah you, here's another bounce with these vocals with one word meaning in a sentence changing the changing the weight of a, of a sentence sometimes i know it, it can it sounds like it's overthinking things but it in the moment it feels really important part of the process for yeah. sure yeah. you've also made the decision for the first time to sing in gaelic yeah yeah. Talk about that. Where where would that come from? Yeah, well, in a, at home in Ireland, you know, we'd study in school. We'd, we'd, we'd study the Irish language from a very, very young age. And, uh, you know, from the age of, my goodness, from the age of like five until I was 18, I would have been, you know, studying the Irish language in, in secondary school, middle school, you know, uh, high school. I think <clears throat> what was what struck me then when, on this album while working on it is that I had, I had access to a language that I'd never attempted to write in and as such I had access to all of these mouth sounds all of this every language is its own music you know every language yeah. has its own timbre has its own mouth sounds the the actual in a poetical sense like like every word that we that you know every language has its own sort of musical sound so in the Irish language here was all of these textures colors it's like having a paint box full of paints that I never sure. painted. Sure, yeah. So that must have been a really cool experience to do that after a couple albums under your belt, yeah. be able to explore that a little bit. It was a lot of fun. Really rewarding. Awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you for being our headliner for Moon River. Such we are uh, super excited to see you hit the stage. Let's talk about that. One final question here. When it comes to doing normal shows, solo shows, you're on tour, 
compared to festivals, mm-hmm. compare and contrast for us, pros and cons. What, what do you like about festival shows, and maybe, maybe what you don't like about festival shows? Yeah, I think at festival shows you can kind of you can play a little bit more with. It's it's different. I think on this one we're playing a little bit more with with um, uh, with with a, a kind of a broader eclectic. Uh, songs so stuff that from the first and second album i think right. when, as opposed to something that's the album the album tour where we'd, we'd maybe focus a little bit more on, on songs on the album I'm, I'm in any festival you are sharing an audience with every other band absolutely there you know and so you got to take that into account right play the hits yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you want to I want to make sure that people leave feeling like they, they had a fun time. Very cool, very cool. Well, Hosier, thank you so much for thank the time. We greatly so appreciate good. that. And uh, make sure you kill it tonight on stage. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. it's Hits 96. And there it is, all of the interviews from Moon River 2023. Again, that was Flip Turn, Houndmouth, Wilder Woods, Drew Holcomb, and then live on-site, Noah Cyrus and Hosier. If you want to check out the video for some of those interviews, they're posted up on our social media pages. But yeah fantastic job done by the Moon River team. We had so much fun over there. Can't wait for next year. Kevin, what do we got? Well, we've got a big announcement. (laughs) We do. We do. It's time for the spooky season. Mm. It is the season. I'm already wearing flannel. Yeah. She is. I'm so ready for fall. Oh, I'm so, so ready. ready for, I'm so ready. Feels ti- really good now. Tired of sweating. I know. <laughs> so this is a good thing. But yes, the Gravedigger's Ball, we did the first annual last year. People were super excited about this. We've had a couple of uh, people asking us on social media and messages, when is the second one, Evan? Are we doing a second one? The answer is yes. And it's going to be Friday, October 27th, where... Clyde's Hi-Fi. That's right. Hi-Fi Clyde's, which I'm super excited about because Clyde's is kind of a a staple of downtown Chattanooga Uh and people go there no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know, any weekend really. But to be able to host a party there is even better. So $10 cover, which is going to get you so much because Mm -hmm. if you're going to wear a costume, you're going to get you into the costume contest. Jake and I are already trying to decide. working on some stuff. We can talk costumes in just a second because we have a cool idea too. Um, But $10 cover at the door. Doors open at 8 o'clock. Live music will be performed by Alex Angelo. He is the host of In The Mix which is on Saturday nights here on Hits 96. So he does the remix show. He's going to be performing because he's also a pop star which is really cool. Mm -hmm. He's going to do some live performances and then he's going to transition into a DJ set and he's going to take the night away. So... Plus, oh, oh, go for it. I'm just so excited about this costume contest. There's two of them this year, Mm -hmm. a solo and a couple. So y'all better bring your (laughs) A-game. I don't think we can win, but if we could... Yeah. <laughs> no, we have like a mini competition between the three of us and our significant others. I think we all did pretty well last year. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Amazing last, last year. year. We was the Knight and the Princess. Yes. Uh, I was uh, Ghostbuster mm-hmm. and um, Zool. Yeah. Uh, for That's what Savannah went as. And then you guys did the Austin Powers thing, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, baby. Do yeah, we want baby. to give a, a sneak peek of what we're doing this year? Do you have any ideas? I have a couple of ideas. Um, we thought about doing Mario and Princess Peach. That'd be fun. Wouldn't that be cute? Um, also, have y'all ever watched um, The Righteous Gemstones? Devin loves that show. Oh my yeah, gosh, a lot of people do so love that funny. Show. He wants to go as baby Billy and I go as the pregnant wife. You should do it. That'd be a fun one. I don't one. know if we'll do it. a little it. more of a obscure reference. Uh-huh. Not everyone will get not, it. Not everyone will get it. So we got yeah. a couple of ideas then, rolling around. Savannah really wants to do Blue's Clues. <laughs> blue's <laughs> Clues? Where she's blue and I dress up as Magenta? Steve. Magenta? Oh, Steve. Steve, yeah. So she'll be blue and then I'll be, I'll be Steve. That's that one idea we've had. Um, 
I, I, she really has her heart set on that at this point, so I'm not sure exactly what we'll do. Mm-hmm. You'll probably see me, see me dressed as mm-hmm. Steve from Blue's we gotta, Blues. I'm going to go home and get my um, <laughs> notebook. My What is it? The Magic Notebook yeah, or something? Yeah, notebook. I notebook. had one of those when I was growing from, up. That looked like the from, one from yes. the... Because it's in like a shape of a chair or something? No, or? it just has a chair on it. Okay, fair enough. Well, maybe I might borrow that from you. Okay. I don't know if we're going to do... <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do a uh, matching outfits this year because that was like a one-off, I think. I, I was like, I do Oh, come on. Come on. Well, well I could get a my, with her. Well, I, you're right, I am, but her, my costume idea, she didn't like. And neither does Todd. But I, <laughs> like, I told Todd about it. I was like, you can't do that. Like, why not? Because I was going to have a white oh, button up, right. a right. security hat, and a white folding chair. Oh, my God. Alabama slap. Both brawl that he loves so much. Man. So weird. The Alabama boat brawl, or whatever <laughs> they call like, it. That you can't do that. Why not? That would be hilarious. Everyone would get it. It'd be, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like she could dress up as a white folding chair. I could be the security <laughs> dude. It would be perfect. Oh gosh! But yeah, I, so I don't know. Yeah. But um, we forgot to mention we got some great contests. Well, right. So we have the co- well the costume contest, and before we move on to uh, what we're talking prizes, is that where we were going to mm-hmm. go? Yeah, raffle yeah, prizes. Okay, yeah, go. Well, the raffle prizes, but for the costume contest, is prizes too. So for both contests, we're going to do a best solo for those that don't have a partner to mm-hmm. dress with. So mm-hmm. there is two contests. That's the, the differentiation. We have a, a solo contest, best dressed, and then we have a best dressed couple. The first place for those is five hundred dollars cash. Oh, cash, cash is money. King. Cash money. So if you win the couples contest or the dressed uh, best dressed solo you get five hundred dollars cash drinks on you that night yes second place is going to be a staycation at the holiday inn in suites with rodigio grill downtown mm. so you have a little nice uh, dinner as well that'll go to the second place prize for both contests and then third place we have some upcoming concert tickets that we'll be giving away nice and then yes we also have for those that don't want to participate necessarily in the costume contest but just want Still to win something just by showing up you're entered into a free raffle and that's for a whole bunch of stuff so we have of course the frozen margarita machine we have another one that Todd took for me out of my office. <laughs> That's cool. I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad. Uh, we got a Tiesto Racing box set, mm-hmm. some more concert tickets, a Selena Gomez framed poster. But signed, by the way. And it's signed, yeah. yeah. And also, and if you're a Bieber fan, sorry, don't get mad at us, but the big prize, which is what I want to win, mm-hmm. I might quit for the day so I cannot be an Jake employee. Jake wants to win this so bad. I know. It was, is He was excited a, when we told him at Green I River. know. It is a PlayStation 5. Oh, that's Fellas, listen, listen, fellas. Now, I, I'm talking to the guys. Maybe, maybe some girls too, but guys, if you want to make this party fun, just bring your girl, bring your lady. You could win a PS5. That way, yep. you could. she could have a great night out, and you could walk away with a PS5. Everybody's happy. And essentially, it's going to be a $10. It will be a $10 PS5 because the $10 ticket gets you in, you get mm-hmm. the raffle ticket, and you're in the prize running. Yep. It's that simple. So just for the $10 fee, you're in the running for the prizes. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Again, it's going to happen on Friday, October 27th. We want it to be the first official Halloween party in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And you can get all the info at hits96.com. There it is. Second annual Gravedigger's Ball is happening. You'll get those details. And, of course, we'll be back next week for another fun-filled episode of Hey, What's Up, Hello? This has been Hey, What's Up, Hello? The Hits 96 podcast with DJ Kevin Hayes, Natalie, and Gino D. Make sure to follow us on all social media and to like and subscribe. Please note that the views, opinions, and content expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of Bayhackle Communications.